Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston sits down for a conversation with a couple of Heartlight's teens. For the past two decades, Heartlight has become the country's premier residential counseling center and boarding school for struggling teens. Founded in 1998 by Mark Gregston and his wife Jan, Heartlight is a program that not only modifies behavior, but one that seeks to offer a unique transformative journey through a relational experience that offers counseling, small group therapy, academics, and activities. We hope you find encouragement as you listen to these stories today. Katie, thanks for being a part of the program today. Tell me, um, you've got a Dallas Cowboy um, bracelet on, but you live in Idaho. So where did the Cowboy thing come from? Well, my parents both grew up in Texas, so I've like grown up being like a Dallas fan. <laughs> okay, you live in Idaho, so how did you end up back in Texas? What was going on that, that caused you to have to come stay at Heartlight? Um, well, I was, like, getting, like, super into drugs, and, like, I wasn't being, like, very, like, honest with my parents about, like, anything. Yeah. And so, like, we just never talked that much, and so, like, things would, like, get lost, and then I would just, like, go do things that I wanted to do, whether or not I knew I was allowed to. Motivation for doing stuff? Was it bored out of your mind, or what was it? Um, I mean, I, like, started getting, like, super into drugs because, like, my sister... That was something, like, we did together. We, like, smoked pot and stuff. Mm. And then, like, people say that, like, weed is, like, a gateway drug, and it really is. So I just kept doing, like, harder and harder yeah, yeah, stuff because yeah. I wanted to get, like, a better high. Yeah. But. And so when your parents found out that you were doing that, how did they respond? Um, well, I mean, they, like, asked me about it, and, like, they drug tested me and stuff. So, like, obviously, like, they knew that I was, like, doing, like, opiates and stuff eventually. Yeah, so I was yeah. like, well, you got me, like. But then I was just like, well, I'm doing it because I'm depressed. And, like, that was a lie. I was, like, doing it because, like, they were fun. But, like... <laughs> Do you think that was your main motivation? Is it, it that it was just fun and that was it? Um, yeah, I think that... Well, it started off as, like, something that I could, like, connect with my sister. Like, doing something yeah. together. But then, like, she got sent here. Yeah. And then, um... Okay, I so just, your sister was here. Yeah. <laughs> and so she was here and then she comes back home. Yeah. Why didn't you get the message? <laughs> because as soon as she got home, three days later, I had her high again. Wow. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. But um, I guess I, like, wasn't really afraid of, like, getting caught because I was, like, like, I knew that I was doing it and I knew that it was bad and I knew that I needed to stop, but I didn't have enough self-control yeah. for myself to make myself stop. So I was, like, well, if I get sent somewhere, like, if I get sent to the hospital because I overdosed or if I get, like, if I, like, die because of it, then, like, at least it made me stop. Yeah. Like I wasn't like well, that, yeah, yeah to die that would make you stop yeah uh, okay but okay so when you think about it and go um, uh, I'm doing this stuff I mean is it where you live is it because you're bored is it I mean why is that so much fun because there's no other way to have fun yeah because like I live in a little itty bitty town in the middle of nowhere so like everyone there does drugs like everyone yeah. So, I mean, even, like, teachers at school and stuff will, like, you'll, like, see them, like, smoking pot in, like, the parking lot and stuff. Like, wow, wow. Everyone smokes pot. Well, and sometimes it's just boredom. 
Yeah, so it's, like, boredom, and then, like, I guess I did it to fit in, kind of, too. Yeah. To, like, get in with, like, that, like, my sister's friends. When she left, I, like, hung out with them and, like, partied with them. Wow. But... Wow. Okay, so the communication stuff with mom and dad. Yeah. <laughs> not It doesn't go well? No. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Well, I feel like whenever I, like, try to, like, talk to them about something, they, like, automatically, like, assume the worst, and then they just, like, shut me down, and they're like, well, mm. I have this in mind, and, like, this is how it is, no matter what your opinion is about it. So, like, they don't even give me, like, a chance to, like, stand up for myself or, like, give an excuse. Yeah. So you don't feel like they're listening to understand, they're listening to kind of give a response. Yeah, exactly. So, and that response is usually what? Um, well, usually I, like, get grounded or something, but, like, I guess it's, like... If I have something to say, then, like, they don't listen the way that I, like, wish they would. Yeah. They, like, yeah. listen so that they can hear what I'm saying so that they have something better to say hmm. is, like, kind of how it feels yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, And so I just feel like I'm never really heard. So then, like, talking to them is, like, nightmarish. Yeah. And my mom is, like, really sarcastic. So, like, sometimes I'm just, like, tired of that and I, like, need her to take me seriously. Yeah, yeah. But, well, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of interesting. Okay. So if if you wanted them to know something about you that they don't know now, what would that be? What um, do you really wish <laughs> that your parents knew about you, you know, in your heart of hearts? What do you wish they knew about you? Um, I wish that they knew that, like, I know they know I'm not a bad person, but, like, I've done a lot of bad things. And, like, even though, like, I've done those, like, it doesn't make me, like, love them any less or, like, want to be any less part of their life. But, like, if they're pushing me away, then, like, it doesn't really make me want to, like, yeah. come back to them. Yeah. But that's what you long for, though. Yeah. Like, I want a close relationship, but sometimes I just feel like it's impossible because, like, I feel like whenever I try to get close, they find something out and then they're like, well, that's terrible and, like, push me away. Okay. I think every parent is well-intended. They yeah. they want good things and they love their kids. And But do you think that sometimes that you doing the drugs, it's easier to do them because you're trying to get away from the pressure of not being able to have the relationship that you want or, you know, that it kind of adds to it a little bit or justifies it a little bit? Yeah, I think so. Because then I'm like, well, you wouldn't listen to me anyway since you think I'm a druggie, you know? Yeah. So I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. And and that takes you away from the bad feelings that you have for doing the very thing that you're doing. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So when you when you get to Heartlight, I mean, I know it was probably a fun day coming, wasn't it? It was terrible. <laughs> it always is. Yeah. It, what's the hard part? Is the the realization that things have got to change or well, what is it? Well, I mean... Since my parents and I don't have a good relationship, like, my mom lied to me about coming to Heartlight. Like, she mm. told me we were going on vacation, and then she just dropped me off here. Wow. So, like, I spent a week in Dallas, and then she, like, dropped me off here and was like, yeah, you're not coming home. Wow. So I was like, well, now you're expecting me to, like, want to have a relationship with you and trust you, but I can't even trust you about where I'm going anymore. Yeah. Like, you dropped me off somewhere where you told me I would never be. You think she was just scared? Yeah, I think so. I think she yeah. thought I was going to run away or, like... Yeah, yeah. And when parents are scared, they do stuff. Yeah. Mean, so... Yeah. Okay, big question. You love your parents? Yes. <laughs> you know they love you? Yes. <laughs> okay, and that and that makes a big difference in it because if you mm-hmm. didn't think that or you didn't feel that way, then it would change the dynamics of everything. You know they want good things for you. And yeah. They're good people. It's just a matter of 
helping you guys figure it out to get to a better point. Mm-hmm. Well, well, look, thanks for being a part of the program. Let me ask you one more thing, though. If you wouldn't have come to Heartlight, where would you be? Um, maybe in jail. Uh, I don't know. Probably, probably in jail. Actually, <laughs> just from just. I mean, I've doing just stupid stuff. A lot of drugs, and I was bound to get caught with them someday. Wow. Wow. Well, yeah. Hey, thanks for being on the program. Yeah. Grandparents shape their grandkids' future in a way nobody else can. Their special, unique relationship with their teen grandchildren can be a transformative part of a family's legacy. And it's important for grandparents to understand why and how they can offer their grandkids what no one else can. Mark Gregston is a grandparent, and he shares the techniques he's learned in grandparenting today's teens, which helps grandparents shift their relationship as their grandchildren move into the teen years. In grandparenting today's teens, grandparents will learn to listen better and develop new strategies to stay engaged and have a meaningful influence in the life of their teen grandchildren. Visit ParentingTeenResources.org and get your copy of Grandparenting Today's Teens now. Elizabeth, thanks for being a part of the program. Tell me a little bit about yourself. I mean, you're here at Heartlight, and how did you get here? Well, um... (laughs) Well... (laughs) (laughs) That's a long, long story. Is it? Yeah. But really, I just... I never followed my parents' rules. I broke their trust... A lot. Okay. So what was going on that would cause you to do all that? Um, I guess, like, I was just scared of, um, just what they would think of the truth. So I just did my own thing. So, like, what stuff were you doing? Well, I snuck around mm. with guys um i drank and stole i smoked and you just didn't want your parents to know about it mm-hmm. okay and if they would have known about it what would have been the fear that they wouldn't want me hmm. they wouldn't care about me anymore you think they would love you less mm-hmm. if they found out that you were making stupid choices mm-hmm. wow yeah. And where does that come from? Why would you think that? Well, I was adopted, so it it really just came from that. Just my dad leaving me, not feeling like I'm good enough. Mm. And um, my mom picking guys and drugs over me and my siblings. Um, and just feeling abandoned, so... Um, it really just came from that. You just, think that kind of became at the core of who you were, mm-hmm. was that you're not worthy and you're not good enough. And so if you start doing all this stuff, then you're just affirming and saying, yes, that is who I am. Mm-hmm. And so the fear is that somebody's just going to give me away again. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think I wanted to be like my biological mom in some way. But I didn't know how to, so I just turned to 
the negative person she was. Yeah. Well, you and you probably have some kind of, I mean, I'm not a geneticist, but but I mean, some genetic predisposition to kind of move in that direction as well. I mean, in in one sense, you're probably a little bit like your mom. You've been wired the same way, and so that kind of pushes you that way a little bit. So, mm. okay, so your parents find out about what you're doing. Because what age were you when you were adopted? I was eight. Wow. And so you had seven or eight years of life before that w- with your birth mom, right? I had five years. Five years. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was removed on my fifth birthday. Wow. And so where did you live for three years? Well, for 18 months, the age I was five to the age I was six, so 18 months. In between that, I lived with the parents I live with now. Okay. And then we went back, and then we got removed again. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it took wow. three years to get adopted. Wow. So they knew you mm-hmm. and, and knew who you were. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Shoo. I'm just kind of going. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of an interesting deal, you know. And so when when your parents did find out about what you were doing, what what was their response to you? We hate you. Yeah. I can't believe you're pulling stunts like this. What did they say? They were just really disappointed. Yeah. They put, Which would be a yeah. normal response, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. they want good things for you. Yeah. Um, they put a lot of boundaries down afterwards, and then I'm like, well, I shouldn't have these boundaries. I just want to be the person I want to be. Yeah. And it was just argument after argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how old were you when they started putting the boundaries down? Um... I was about 11. So you were sneaking around with guys at 11? Yeah, I was um, on my tablet. So I didn't know the guys, but I was like deleting my messages and hiding and talking to people I shouldn't be talking to, that people they didn't know. And then whenever I was 14, I Mm. started sneaking around. Wow. Mm. Okay, and how old are you now? I'm 15. Yeah, okay, so... I mean, even at 11, you're doing that. Is, was, was there a cry inside of you that was looking for something? When you think back on that now, that's four years ago. Yeah. Um, I think it all just stemmed from me wanting to be loved yeah. and cared for. And I didn't feel like anyone saw me or um, believed me with anything I said. Hmm. And so, I mean, do you think that, that, I mean, here they, I mean, your parents adopt you. I mean, when you live with them for a while, kind of like foster parents, and then Mm -hmm. you go back and then they, I mean, they chose you. I mean, that's the neat thing about, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, not that I'm, not that I don't love my kids, but I go, we didn't choose them. We just had them, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, but your parents actually came after you and said, we want you. Mm-hmm. I mean, which which I think is a pretty neat acceptance deal. And mm-hmm. so then you don't want to disappoint them, um, which would be normal because you don't want to be something different. And so then you start doing all this stuff. And so it starts pushing you away from the very person that chose you mm-hmm. to be a part of the, you know, to be a part of their family. So the... Was there inner turmoil inside of you that was just going, I don't even know how to, how do I do this? Um, yeah, there was. Um, I always wanted a relationship with my parents, but then I, I just gave up 
because yeah. I'm like, if my biological dad left me, if my mom didn't try hard enough for me, then no one would. Because, mm. like, then they're not capable. Yeah. Of it. So you just get into a world where you just say, "I'm going to take care of myself and do the things I want to do." Mm-hmm. Well, wow. yeah. Looking for something that your parents desperately want to give you. Mm-hmm. Isn't it kind of wild how we think when you kind of get into those modes a little bit? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, I mean, kind of the million-dollar question because there's a because there's a ton of people out there listening that are going, "Okay, I adopted my child." But what could your parents have done different during that time? I mean, at, at, as early as 11, you were on a tablet, you know, contacting people and engaging with folks. But, I mean, so those feelings had started to manifest themselves and, and show themselves. What could they have done different early on? Um, I don't think they did anything wrong I don't really think they could have done anything right either. Yeah, because like, you wouldn't let them. Yeah. Wow. Like, they were... I w- I've always found myself searching for my ideal parents, my mm. dream parents. And so I always searched for other people with my... Whenever I would go over to my friend's house, I'd be like, this family's better. I like this family. But then I... Well, that's because you didn't have to live with them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then I just realized, I'm just like, this is the family that I want. Like, this is my yeah. family. This is the family that God brought for me. Yeah. Your dream family. Yeah. Right there, and yet looking somewhere else for it. And yeah. it was right there. Mm-hmm. Love your parents? Oh, I love them. You know they love you? I, I know they love yeah, me. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Well, thanks for sharing your stuff. I mean, oh, yeah. it's an interesting conversation when you try to figure out why people do what they do and and sure looks like you've done a lot of work in figuring a lot of that stuff out Mm -hmm. cool thanks for being a part of the program oh yeah thanks for listening to parenting today's teens for more information visit parentingtodaysteens.org and to learn more about heartlight visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.